Ladles and jelly spoons. Just in time for the street lights to come on here in Mobile, Alabama, in front of the blind mule, hanging out with Thomas Finley tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, man. It's great to see. It's great to be on it. TLP uh, number thirty-five. We're pressing all the appropriate buttons. There goes Facebook. There goes the YouTube recording. So the fan will shut up. <laughs> so now you can share it on uh, on Facebook. It's on my. It's on Compton J Smith. Oh. Uh, the Facebook page, and I'll get you tagged in it and all that oh, good yeah. stuff. So, while you're doing that, the appropriate plugs, it's Wednesday evening. We are early for the Blind Mule, because there's an open mic on Wednesday nights here at the Blind Mule in Mobiles, Alabama's. And, uh, yeah, so, open mic night. There's also a show this weekend at the Blind Mule. Uh, to keep up with those since that was replays loud. and whatnot. <laughs> click, click. That's okay. Uh, I, that was louder. What the fuck was that? That's, that's my uh, transformer down there. Awesome. Um, yeah, so whatever comedy, Mobile Comedy, there are a couple of different pages uh, catch up to keep up with all the goings on here in Mobile Comedy Scene, which is where I met you. And um, so, Thomas Finley, I know you as a comedian, but... Tell, tell me, tell me about you. Where well, the fuck did you get that Corona hat? I don't know. Uh, where do you want to begin? This, <laughs> I that's, that's what I was worried about. I was like, do I have to start this? Like, no, 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 uh, you don't. Just. But uh, I mean, how long have you been doing stand-up comedy? We'll start. Something. I've been doing it about uh, two, maybe three years. Um, that's great. Man. Not really sure. Um, what got you into it? Well, um, bet I've wanted to do comedy ever since I was like little. Um, when I was younger, I watched, uh, stuff like George Carlin, um, uh, Louis Black, uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of well-known comedians, uh, used to watch, uh, like, different shows on, uh, old Comedy Central, mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, The Root of All Evil with Louis Black, uh, The yeah. Mind of Mancia, I mean, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't tell me. I, was, I heard about him. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> I was, I was, it was, it was shocking because I was like, "This is my childhood destroyed." <laughs> like, it was, it was, uh, but I mean, I get it. Uh, stuff oh. like that happens in mm -hmm. in media, and uh, Joe Rogan was actually the one who, uh, like, was like the main person yeah. who like talked about it, wasn't he? Well. Uh, Rogan called him out on Comedy Central, or not on Comedy Central, excuse me, at the Comedy Store. Yeah. And uh, and it was a, a big thing. It was a big to do. Um, That's I, all the videos like that. It's like, yeah. Oh, shit. What I know about it, uh, for those of you who don't know, Carlos Mencia was accused of being a joke thief. And uh, it, this behavior went on for a very, very long time. A lot of comics were upset about it. Uh, I've seen video clips of other people admitting to the fact that that he he was a joke thief in some regards, uh, and then he was confronted by Rogan at the comedy store out in what would that be L.A. Yeah, and that, I mean that's where kinda, all the, that's all all the like the big action happens. I would guess. Yeah. And so Mencia's um, career was kind of yeah, it just then, it went on a big downslide. Like you never saw him again. That's how that's how bad it was. Cause like joke stealing is like a like a heavy offense and come and stand up. Yeah, that's something um, I worried about for a long time when I got into it was because I've been such a fan of comedy for so long, like you. Yeah, I was afraid that it would 
someone else's material would crop up. And so I, my best guard against it is knowing that I would never intentionally steal somebody's joke. Yeah, and I don't even see, like, the purpose of doing that because, like, creating your own material mm. just is way better. Mm-hmm. It, it makes you feel good about something. It makes, it's like you achieve something almost. Yeah. I mean, sure, you're going to think of, like, a thousand jokes and most of them aren't even going to work. But it's... I mean, it's it's still like a it's still like a comforting feeling, like knowing that this this joke is something that you refined and you and you made, and that you hope does well. And if it does, you feel more excited about it. Yeah, it's like a, a piece of artwork, you know. Yeah, it's. I mean, a lot of people say it's like comedy is the lowest form of entertainment, but I find it to be the highest. Who in the world says that? I've just heard it said before. I mean, I don't believe it, but. I think those people are morons. Yeah. I am I'm a not... dramatic person. Like, no. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that takes a certain amount of skill, for yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. But I've hung around musicians uh, the last couple of years. I would say comedy takes just as much a skill as, like... Um... Funny enough, the musicians I talk to um, would rather have a prop. They'd rather have a guitar. The thought of being on stage, for some of them, uh, without a guitar is uh, it's harder enough in their mind for them to comment on it which I take the, I take that pretty seriously I mean it's been a it's been a nice compliment because those are my peers and, you know that was kind of my world for a while to hear them uh, say that that's something that they even they would have difficulty doing so I think people who know understand how difficult it is to to get people to be funny on demand oh yeah it's uh you ever not i'm still fucking learning man i've been doing this for oh, all me too. Like, like less I mean, than a year i've been i know drake shite i have i'm a fan of comedy though yeah it's same here it's like yeah. i've always loved comedy i've always wanted to be do this uh, <laughs> and i finally got the chance uh years ago uh at a small coffee shop called satori um satori i've heard yeah. that name where have it's, i heard that name here in mobile it's, yeah it's in mobile uh it's it's the small coffee shop near South Alabama, like where University of South Alabama. Yeah, man, I took a philosophy class over there one summer. I don't even want to talk about philosophy with them. <laughs> so Satori. Oh wait, no, it was Satori. it was psychology. I took that. It was horrible. I was thinking of something. <laughs> um, so but, Satori is a coffee shop. Out yeah, it's that a little way. small coffee shop um, that is like hipster central. <laughs> Oops, I don't think they'd let me in. <laughs> I'm too old. Is but, there an age limit on hipster? Um, no, there's no age limit there. It's, uh, I, I have no idea, honestly. Oh. It's a whole other world I don't know of. Oh, I'm sure it'd be fine. We could go. I'm sure they're good people. We yeah, they're fine. Um, I mean, most of it's just full of, like, uh, college uh, kid, liberal kids. Like, 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 not too far, but, like, far and, like, close like Ben Shapiro is not hanging out there on the weekends is what you're telling me pretty much okay <laughs> Ben Shapiro would feel like um, out of place <laughs> probably uh, probably yeah um, but yeah uh, story was the first place I ever did it I was scared shitless out of my mind um, when I when I first did it because I said nothing <laughs> You got That's on stage the, and said nothing? I said for nothing. For how long? Uh, for five minutes. Uh, <laughs> five minutes. I was terrible. I was... Uh, By nothing, you mean... Nothing at all. <laughs> it's just like... Uh, 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 I was so afraid. I had... Wow. You would not believe it, but I had stage... A terrible stage fright. 
when I was uh, when I first started. Very horrible stage fright. Like I couldn't look directly at a human being. <laughs> at That's... anyone. It's it's kind of crazy. Like the and now the um, two like two three years now. Um, don't, well, just tell me more about this five minutes you've been on stage not saying. Actually, anything. I don't even know if it was five minutes. It just felt like forever. Uh, I just I got off after like a little while after, and I felt bad. And then I got the chance to go right back up, and I staggeredly like did a few things on my mind. I didn't really know what I was doing. Knew what I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to start anything. I didn't. I couldn't do anything. Like I. This this was a terrible like experience. <laughs> well, first had, experience terrible. What had you done to prepare for that? Nothing. First time. Nothing. So you at all. just this was were on a going whim. for it. Yeah, this was like uh like a like a That's brave, like man. a like a feat of destiny was like almost calling to me kind of thing. It was <sighs> and, I couldn't do that. So like I had to go up. home and get worked up to do it. I, really? Yeah, cuz I hung out like, I had it in my mind that I wanted to give it a try, but I hung out at open mics for oh, probably over a month before I was finally like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like, yeah. I think I had said to somebody, I'll probably try it sooner or later, but it took me weeks to get to that point. Yeah. So I, I'm... I should have prepared kudos for it, but it was... to you it for was just literally, up there. It was literally just, a, like, uh, it, what's the word for it? Um... Uh, like spontaneous, yeah, kind spontaneous, of thing? strictly spontaneous. That's basically what the sum of my life, though. But <laughs> a spontaneous, random crap that has gotten me into embarrassing and horrible situations. <laughs> that's that's life. Yeah, that I've, sounds about right. I've been in a lot of those. Um, that's just kind of what we do. Pretty much. I mean, if you don't, you don't have a story. <laughs> kind of what we do. But. Uh, yeah, ever since then, I just started uh, working on my skits and st- saying how I do well. And and after a while, it just the the uh, the stage fight just kind of went away. Well, not completely. I still have anxiety and uh, I still wander around awkwardly like a weirdo. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there I've like, here there have been people that have been doing it for like since like the sixties or seventies <laughs> or, or, or something. You talking about Marshall? Yeah, Marshall. Dude, Marshall supposedly f- has VHS tapes. Carson told me Marshall has VHS tapes of him doing comedy and opening up for some real killers. I would love yeah. to see some of that stuff. Yeah, and he showed me like a like a newspaper article of like him uh, yeah. just in the news. Like, it's like Jesus. Like this guy has been doing this for so long, <laughs> and he's doing it here. I mean, like, I mean, at some point, yeah, you feel like. Moving on, it's like he just never left. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure he I'm sure he had like a bunch of big breaks. Yeah, but I don't think Marshall comes out going, "I'm gonna make it this week." Yeah. I think Marshall comes out going, "He just does it like you know what? This is familiar. This is gonna be fun <laughs> for me." This I don't think it's even familiar. I think, and I hope because I hope when I get to be Marshall's age that I just do shit for my own amusement. Yeah, like that's that's what I'm working on now, and so I would hope that Marshall is is doing that better than I'm doing that. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm. I don't think Marshall comes out thinking I'm gonna get a comedy special no, or course. I'm gonna he, go on tour. He just does it because he loves it, uh, which is awesome. It it is, and I I also I I've and I've been loving it for ever since I've been doing it because like that moment when I first did it was like 
in my mind, I was like, it's either now or never. Yeah. And I felt like I would never do it if I didn't have the chance to do it. Because, like, I talked about it for years, like, in high school and so many times. Like, I'm going to do comedy. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to gonna go to L.A. or New York. And I still have that plan um, of going to either of those places uh, when I'm done with college. And uh, that's cool. going to be that's gonna be an adventure. Uh, what are you studying? Uh, I am a history major. Um, history I'm major. Currently taking a break from uh, from um, uh, South, but uh, yeah, man. Yeah, it's. Well, t- what do you what do you like about history, man? Tell me. It's just um, talk to me about history because I can go all the way back to the Anunnaki. Okay, let me give you the framework I'm on history wise. I'm working on building based on Gerald Clark's genealogy of the Anunnaki and a couple of different things. The Bible, all of the great references, uh, the Enuma Elish, working together my own working history of the the chronology of how some of these crazy things happened, like the Younger Dryas event, um, as well as some other other things, just for my personal understanding. So I study the crap out of this stuff. Now, that's my, that's what I'm working on historically. What did you like about history? Well, I or mean, do you, do you get into ancient alien stuff? Well, too? It, it's kind of like. Do you do real in? history? What? Do you do real history? Do what do you mean real history? <laughs> Not anything besides ancient aliens. The, I think mean, that's real history. The history, the history of, of. I can't even think of something off the top of my head. <laughs> but uh, I mean, history, like. Not really in general, but I've I was always interested in like, like ancient Europe stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of relig, a lot of religion, uh, mythology mainly. Um, oh yes. Just because like a lot of the um, stories from back then, and and like all the like the ways that they taught their people and their different like different societies, how they like how they how they connected with one another, uh, like Rome and Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, um, just a lot of that stuff. It's, but mainly, mainly the mythology stuff. Cause a lot of the, a lot of the beginning stories and the, the different creation stories and, uh, it was just very interesting to me. Um, yeah, I think so too, man. I, um... they're like, they're just like, they're like adventure stories that happen in real life. Like, you feel like they're fables, but there's like this is stuff that happened. Yeah. The Gilgamesh story. The, yeah. The epic of Gilgamesh. Troy, Homer's, Iliad, and the one Odyssey. of my favorite um, ones is uh, the Divine Comedy from Dante. Uh, oh Dante's yeah. Divine Comedy. <laughs> I got that backwards. What um, got you into that one? Um. It's been believe a while. It or not, for me. Believe it or not, the animated ver- the animated movie got me into it. I have never seen the animated it is, movie. There's an animated Dante's there's, Inferno. There's like an anime version, like movie. Like um, there, it's a. I don't know if it's. I th- thought I saw it on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on there, but um, it's basically like. I mean, and it's nothing like the like the actual like book, but mm-hmm. it's like an action-packed version of it. Oh. Like, based on the book. I'm immediately based on disappointed. In front, of, it's not bad. Um, it's not bad. It's not like Dante is like this crusader that came home from war. It's like it tells a story of like how 
he he came home from the Crusades and uh, he did all this sinful shit, mm-hmm. and he comes home and his and his lovely uh, bride to be Beatrice is dead, is killed by demons or whatever mm-hmm. or Satan, uh, and he has to go to hell and like fight all the demons and shit. There's even a video game based off of it too. I must have just missed all that. Oh, this, this is like, I can't even remember what year this was made, but it's not bad. It's, it's, it's like a Christianity version of uh, Christian Catholic version of uh, God of War. It's, <laughs> it's, it's an action-packed version of it, but it's, it's not bad. I mean, if you're like more into the classical version, I get that. But like. There's just there's a lot of fun with the action pack version because it has like a lot of like historical like mm-hmm. things in it, mm-hmm. like uh, it has uh, the bosses you fight. Uh, one of them is uh, the Tower of Lust. Mm-hmm. It goes through all the nine circles of hell, and one of them is uh, the boss for uh, the Tower of Lust is uh, Cleopatra and Mark Antony mm-hmm. because they're fair with each other, like during that time period, and and like they like made them into like a, a boss battle and like they were lovers and of hell mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm. and it's really cool um and um it just you get to slowly figure out that dante was like not as a much of a crusader as you think he was he was like a he was like murdering and um like killing people believing in um the the falsehoods of the uh of the priests that said they were resolved of all their sins um, and it, it's it's just it's just epically epic. Uh, I was gonna say epically awesome, but I didn't want to be a dork. But I already made myself one. <laughs> no, like, I, I actually read the Divine Comedy. Yeah, so the Divine Comedy. I, uh, I mean, I have the don't copy. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I got I got dork right there with you, man. <laughs> and, um, and stuff like that is like what's interesting. Just like stories like that. The uh, I also watch like a lot of documentaries on uh, on Netflix and other and other uh, outlets. Yeah, what do you like? Um, mainly a lot about Rome, cause like it's just interesting to hear talk talk about like or just watch like the different. Cause I've always responded better to like visual stuff than I did like reading something. Yeah, sure. And I just I got really into like the history. St- a lot of the history stuff about Rome because of the an- the uh, not animated but the uh, the sequences that they showed it um, and just hearing the just hearing like narrator talk about it in like a sen- like a serious but like calm tone it's mm-hmm. just it's just nice to hear like that's kind of stuff kinda, I mean I guess you I guess I could get the same feeling from an audiobook but um, something visually pleasing about watching a documentary an hour documentary um is if just a dork. <laughs> uh, oh no, that's one of the ways that I got caught up on a lot of things. I uh, I would have documentaries just constantly playing in the background when you know when the History Channel and all that stuff was always at the top of my list. And so when they first came out with the TiVo DVR boxes, I would record. Just every educational program I could find and started plowing through that stuff. That's kind of how I got my starts into string theory was Brian Greene's What the Bleep Do We Know 
uh, was a soft intro for me into. I've heard of string theory. Physics, yeah. I mean, I've that I've heard a bunch of stuff like that, but like, what what technically is that? Like, could you? Sure, string theory is the the below quantum mechanics. Uh, so below atoms, protons, neutrons, and electrons, we have the, these whole other group of things: quarks and gluons and uh, muons and these other things. But basically, on a subatomic level, what string theory proposes is that across these eleven dimensions. All matter vibrates, uh, which to me segues right into a whole bunch of Buddhism and, and Eastern philosophy. But that's kind of the gist of string theory: is that uh, that way like down everything's on some subatomic levels that that it's all based on vibration. That's really yeah, there are these that really strings that that make things up, and of course it gets overtly complicated. I am not. A, I'm a sure. Physicist. I'm sure it does because like yeah, and there's all kinds of math that goes along with that, but it's. The understandings of I always, quantum mechanics, like it, they're beginning to write. They, well, they've written the math. Like, pretty much string theory is exotic fluff at this point. There aren't a whole lot of answers there, um, but it opened the door for a lot of understandings to quantum mechanics and vibrational harmonics. And I'm sure there are people that know more about physics that can explain it better than me. But it means more in the realm of experimental science and theoretical science than it does in practical applications I think Jesus. but and I'm kind of I'm kind of stretching at this point but string so theory so you're a big science oh sorry we <laughs> no I was just gonna say like in, in like string theory I remember when it was first being developed and they were first talking about or when it was I was being exposed to it um, and it went through this rapid development where they started out with there were a couple of different dimensions and then they figured out there were 11 different dimensions and then they talk about this brain theory which is M theory which is this really the search for the answer to everything from a physics standpoint and resolving Einstein's the god of physics <laughs> yeah yeah like really way out there theoretical physics stuff and so like it almost reached into philosophy kind of levels <laughs> uh yeah it was well it was going from something that was philosophic that Einstein couldn't come up with the theory of everything and string theory started to become this thing that could explain a lot more and so it looked for a little while like string theory was going to be the theory of everything or you know to the lay people it did to me it did for a hot minute but there's so much more going on now like I'm into field theory now I think and mind you again I am not a physicist I am. Oh, I'm not uh, either. So I like <laughs> thinking about this stuff, and I understand it from kind of a a broad strokes perspective. And so, I look at now what's going on as we're moving from this point theory, like points in history, to these bigger field versions of what's going on, and and that uh, the the way everything is interacting is very much. Uh, part of the same system like we're starting to understand dark matter and dark energy and oh yeah the space in between which to me goes way back to the concept of void uh which is we're all we're just rediscovering all this stuff in new ways you know string theory and all that stuff you can get into the the buddhist and shamanic practices and yoga and 
you pretty much have it. Like I listen to some new age podcasts that talk about these people that do these quantum harmonic some printers and these <laughs> are really out there stuff. Yeah, it's like some yeah, and I, so I'm listening to Looks these like, people. Let's take some shrooms and see what happens. Yeah, what kind of like, shit? No, like these people aren't even eating good shrooms. Like there's some. <laughs> they're not good. No, like they're no. These people are just making crap up, but they're making up a terminology for things that are out there, like for phenomena that already exists. And yeah. I think the people who did that best and first, as far as my research goes, are the ancient. Indians, the Hindus, yeah, the Brahmins, because uh, if you go back, those texts go back ten thousand years, and you know, six to ten thousand years, and they talk about how it's all an illusion, it's all holographic universe. Like you can find the most cutting edge science explained in those same principles, like the things that we're starting to understand about field technology and sound technology and vibration. Those people knew about a long, long time ago. And so there are people that talk about these great new yeah, kinesiology is, things. And it's like, you're talking about yoga. That is, that <laughs> is weird how, like, a lot of those a lot of those big, like, worldly concepts, like, just go date way back into that ancient era of where mm-hmm. you wouldn't think, like, with all the technology that we have now, you wouldn't think that people back then had that had that much of enlightenment uh, yeah I think I think that and, we're in a lot of ways we're dumber than they were yeah we're just like we're just like uh, we don't we don't want to harmony bullshit and like. <laughs> well one of the things I think we screwed up on hang on was so I press that button uh, every 25 minutes uh, just to uh it's a technical Just, thing. Uh, okay. It requires it. Uh, it has to do with the camera heat. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And it's also just a good reminder to get any of the plugs in there. Like, that's about 25 minutes. Um, okay. Was, so before I get into how the wheel fucked everything up, <laughs> tell tell people how to how to find all the stuff that, that you do. Were, were you on Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff? Um, I mean, I haven't really... Uh, advertise myself honestly I mean I'm thinking about I've been thinking about doing that what the hell was that yeah crazy <laughs> people in trucks well if your friends want to come out if your friends see this and want to come see you do some comedy the uh, blind mule will yeah the blind mule is the main men. place you can see me um which Mary is Widow. which is downtown mobile uh the Mary Widow and uh Satori's I'll sometimes be there uh, you gotta give me the details on Satori's that sounds like I need to come shake up some some mustaches. It's kind of like a, it's like a meh kind of like a 50 I definitely 50. need to be there. If it's meh, um, I want <laughs> I fully want to experience meh. Uh, but there's like a lot of like big, big like life concepts that people talk about there. Yeah. Uh, too. Um, oh man, I would love to go poop in somebody's but... cereal. <laughs> That'd be tons of fun. You just, just poop in on our cereal, man. Well, yeah, so here you go. Here's, here's my first cereal poop of the day. Uh, I think, I think our invention of the wheel really screwed us up. I think it really screwed us up as people. Uh, Civilization was probably way up there, but the wheel is probably a close second or third (laughs) in that it ruined our ideas of what it is we need to be doing and jump to... We have paved roads and these little things that scoot really fast 
along the smooth surface. But if it's not a smooth surface, fucked. So that is true. So how effective is the wheel really? Like <laughs> birds, birds figured out how to fly. Like they way got us beat, hands down. So we wanted to be able to fly, but we couldn't fly, and so we came up with wheels, which is a way shitty substitute for wings. So here we are, trying to shortcut our way through travel by creating these little wheels so we can move stuff faster. When in reality, what we should have been doing was not worried about doing anything but running further and faster because that's what we're capable of. Now, that gets us into the philosophy of we can build our way out of our own evolution. Which is the beginning of, just like civilization, man's separa separation from his natural condition. And that's a Kenneth Burke quote. Um, but we, we separate ourselves so much from the only thing, you know, that, that we're really connected to. The planet, you know, the grounding, the plants yeah. and all that good and stuff. Just by, you know, building houses and air conditioners and all this good stuff that we're not... We're not part of nature anymore. And that's one of the reasons that, technologically speaking, we have created all these shortcuts that we never really needed in the first place. And that's why ancient Buddhism and Eastern philosophy gets right back to explaining all of these things that we think science is doing well, when in fact, we're just delusional about the fact that this is the best way that we can do it so far. Because people just haven't seen all the other possibilities. And because the other possibilities make us look like children. Yeah. I mean, I think people's, people's like, concept of spirituality is waning. Um, How so? What do you mean? Yeah, it's just, like, as, like, the the furthering of, like, technology and... The, ter the furthering of technology and, uh, and, uh, like, science is just evolving mm -hmm. are like people are just losing the need to have like a spiritual connection um i mean i'm sure i'm sure religious or is um, there a, because i think i feel I like see more both. people doing yoga and getting involved in stuff and i see more less people like in a religion because yeah because the concept of dogma is the thing that people are like trying to oh, escape hmm. when it comes to religion because that's i mean that's religion's main issue is that they feel like that they have to feel this certain way uh, to feel to feel like whole, and I don't think that hu humans are, are should feel that way because like being yourself should be like a should be uh, more important than like f like adjusting to this dogmatic way of thinking because uh, like in like old like Ro like in Rome and. Uh, and uh, other ancient civilizations where if you didn't even think like anyone else, even in Salem, which was like in what, like eight, 18, 19 something? Uh, you're talking about the Salem witch trials? Yeah, Salem witch Even then was like, Late 1800s, if you min, min, even min, thought min. a minuscule amount of difference, you would either be shunned, uh, imprisoned, or beheaded. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and I think the spirituality religions. isn't... The issue it's this people's like it's the view of religion and how controlling it can be when it gets 
when it gets too into it when it gets too into itself yeah because you s- I have a problem with authority myself yeah and I mean like I mean I, fo- mm. I follow like the law of like <laughs> just the law I thought but, you were going to say like uh, the law of one the law bra the- <laughs> No, just, I follow egg, Cthulhu. Egg, like Edgar Casey. <laughs> All hail Cthulhu and his <laughs> mighty tentacles. Like it's just <laughs> some dumb shit. But uh, but uh, it's. Fuck! I forgot what I was about to say. But um, dogma. Like yeah, dogma. People following. Uh, pe- like people following like different. Oh, shit. Um. It was a sheeple falling in, people doing doing what they're told. Yeah, and like the Sam Witch Trials, they basically just did it. Like, yeah, you punishing be, be, people for not for not with. following the the not following the line. Um, there was something else, <laughs> but uh, it, I get like this sometimes. Like, there are points where I'll just like fade out. Of, like, what I was going to originally think. And it's just, like, it goes blank. It's like, oh, my God. I've lost my mind. <laughs> no, no, not yet. Not yet. I, uh, I found my mind one time. It was, uh, was wandering around without me. Oh, shit, somebody sent me a message and I missed it. Did Nick, he? Mia Copa. Whatever doing that, something. Whatever that was. <laughs> These things happen. But, These uh, things happen. I'm not a big fan of Dogma. I did like George Carlin in Dogma, though, <laughs> when he played the the cardinal guy. That was really funny. Yeah, and just like the the thought of like like spirituality just seems to be more. It seems to be free because it's not. It doesn't feel like it put. Like spirituality, it feels like it doesn't really put you in a in a in a caged position, in a very like in a restraint, straining position. Yeah, I think the deity is the a big part of the the problem in modern religion. Like if you look down the road to the Sphinx, there um, with the with the giant tits. Yeah, that is a, a sad modern representation of what was at one point in time an astrological reference. Um, that building creeps me out, by the way. Oh, the Masonic like, like if Lodge. People, like, if people saw this building, they'd be like, what the hell is that? It's, it's the Mason's it's, Lodge. I know, but it's so, like, it's so, like, different from everything else in the city. It, it's so, it's so, like, stood out. I had my prom there. <laughs> oh, you've been in it. I, I've been in it. It's Oh, goodness. It's something that you would, like, see, like... French art films. <laughs> just well, it, like it's a, it's fake. Uh, first off, like checkered. it's cool once you get up to it, and then you realize that it's all like plaster and is it not real? Like it's not real cut stone to look like. I mean, that. yeah, that's oh, well, at least some of the facade didn't. So I was kind of disappointed, but I it mean, looks the inside of it looks yeah. like something that you would see like people praying to some evil like spirit deity or some shit. <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters like, two. What was that dude's name? That's I saw that recently. Which one? Ghostbusters 2. Oh, I mean, no, I mean, like, the dude you're talking about. Oh, uh, the guy standing over the, the slime. I'll think of his name eventually. 
Yeah, I'm bad with I'm bad with like Silver and A sometimes too. Just, Zool was the bad guy in the first Ghostbusters. I am Zool. Zool. Um, the Lord of Carpathia, the Scourge of Carpathia. That's the the dude's name, Vigo. What Vigo? What movies do you like? Like, and I. What movies do you like? Like, <laughs> what movies do I like? Like Werner Herzog. I'm a huge Werner Herzog fan. Uh, but anything pre two thousand two, I've seen pretty much all of them. A friend of mine got me involved in the uh, AFI's Top 100. I don't know if you've heard of that. The American Film Institute. I don't. Think at the so. end of the 20th, 21st century, at the end of the 20th century, the uh, American Film Institute released their uh, Top 100 films of the 20th century. Everything from Casablanca, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and um, Citizen Kane being the top three, yeah. respectively. I think I get Mr. Smith goes to Washington, but they were all hundred of those iconic movies. Uh, so I had to watch all of those. But that's just a sampling of. That's I've seen just a, a sampling whole, of like. I've seen a whole lot of everything. If I had to narrow it down. Would you consider yourself a movie buff? No, I'm not a videophile, uh, because I know a guy that's seen way more videos than me, like to the tune of several thousand. I've probably seen Lord. maybe six hundred. Six seven hundred. My buddy has seen thousands, um, literally thousands. Some of my faves, I would dazed and confused, is way up on the watched list, just because that was kind of a thing between my buddies and I. Um, I enjoy the cartoon version of The Hobbit. Yeah, old school. Mm-hmm. I liked. I mean. That was like the first movie I actually read the book first too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the book is, I would say, my more interesting. What about A Clockwork Orange? The book's way better. Uh, the than the, the book and yeah. The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know. for sure. Because like but the Clockwork it Orange doesn't have like man. a weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've read that one. Mm. I've wanted to see that movie though. Stanley Kubrick. Her hair did screwed the movie. up. Like, oh yeah, Stanley up. Kubrick was insanely cool. He was weird, like The Shining. Yeah. Oh yeah, that he was a, drove that's a that cool poor movie. actress nuts. I can't remember her name, but he he. Oh yeah, that was that was the that one where he woman. like, where like that was like legit anger and Olive rage oil. coming from him. Yeah, like he terrified that woman. Um, was she in any other movies? Yeah, Popeye. Oh, she's she olive oil. She does kind of look like olive oil. Um, can't think of her name though. But uh, that, how about you? What movies do you? I'm a, Do you like? I like a lot of old black and white movies, um, mainly because my dad showed me a bunch of them. Cool. Uh, um, Which ones it, come to mind first? Um, the first, like I would say, and I would, and I would like recommend anyone watch this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called uh, Twelve Angry Men. Uh, it's an older movie, uh, black and white, that um, that. A long time ago, it was like they just—it's about like twelve people in like a in a room where they go to like say if the kid is guilty or not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's about an Italian kid who who is like convicted of killing somebody, and they're they're all the jury. Yeah, the yeah the jury. It's just twelve men who like just go in the room, and at first they're gonna convict them because they don't want to like sit in there all day. 
but there's just this one, and it has to be unanimous, but there's just this one guy who's like so persistent, and he's like, he didn't, he didn't kill anybody. He's and this entire movie, and they get pissed off at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this entire movie, and he uses like pure logic and reasoning to like prove, it, like one by one, like getting him on his side, like, and it and it goes to a lot of like points. It it uh and it talks about every point of the case, and it makes you feel it. It it drags this out, like mm-hmm. it's so. And it only takes place in one room. Well, two if you count the bathroom. But <laughs> it's it's in one room, and there's no special effects. There's no there's no like anything else. There's it's just pure acting. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a pure acting movie, yeah. and it's probably one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's a really good one. It's, I think was it Jimmy Stewart? I think so. Um, in Twelve Angry Men. I can't probably. recall. I mean it. My dad, at first I was, like, so reluctant not to see it because, like, I just, like, uh because I was teenager, mm-hmm. angst. Um, and my dad, like, pressured me into it. It was, like, fine, I'll watch it. And, like, and uh, I, f- I feel good about watching that movie because it made me, it showed me, like, what a good act acting is. Right? <laughs> it's really good. Uh. <laughs> And Watching the, the old stuff like that is how I got into ballroom dancing. Really? So I can testify firsthand on how valuable it was. And I'm right there with you. Yeah, and it just made me feel like most and I and when it comes to movies with me, like I would I don't watch movies twice. No? I don't. I have a weird thing of where if I watch a movie again, um, I will pick out, I I will nitpick the shit out of it. Like, does it freak like, you out to know that I've watched like V for Vendetta a dozen times in the last <laughs> month? Really? Why? <laughs> because I love like three scenes. Well, I mean, like <laughs> I do other shit while fine. it's on. It's not like I'm focused on it. Yeah, but it's like I do. I love. It's like listening to music and like. Mm-hmm. Making a table or something. <laughs> I love listening to him deliver that soliloquy in the beginning, like uh, you know the the his V for Vendetta speech, uh, the reason his name is V, uh, and then there are a couple other choice scenes in the movie that that I enjoy. Of course, the action bits are pretty good, um, but that's kind of how I consume. Well, no, that's not true. Rick and Morty is what I've been into lately. Yeah, Rick and Morty, like fun. all over my screens. Yeah, I got into that one. Uh, I wanted the Szechuan sauce. <laughs> I've yeah, I've only seen the first two episodes though. You ever see, there's there's like videos online of people like losing their minds over Szechuan sauce at McDonald's, right? Yeah, McDonald's. I haven't seen that episode. I want that yet. Szechuan chicken sauce, Morty. <laughs> <laughs> see, I've only seen the first two ep- two seasons. I got rid of your dad, Morty. I got. I got rid of your dad because I wanted that Szechuan chicken sauce, Morty. Uh, I don't know, Rick. I'm just. Uh, I, I'm. <laughs> How can you quote it if you've only seen it once? I'm so jealous. <laughs> um, My brain doesn't just really work that good well. at copying some characters. Um, I'm I have like a variety of voices I can do. Um, I'm really bad at impressions. That's amazing. I mean, I'm not you good. Practice them, or is just gonna practice? Uh, I would it. not say. I just I do the voices mainly. And I just remember, like, one line they do. I can't, like, do their voice. I can't, like, do their character completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
unless you wrote something down, I could probably I could probably do it in their like voice. I could do it in their voice. But uh, other than that, I'm just I'm like terrible at, like making up lines off the top of my head. I mainly just focus on like what I can do on stage when I do comedy. But um, I can do like a variety of voices. Uh, I can do uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, I can do like this, like what I like to call my tiny voice, (laughs) which sounds weird, but like you get it if you heard it. Everybody's got a tiny voice. Everybody's got a tiny voice. See, my voice isn't tiny anymore. My cigarette smoking took that. I don't. I can't. (laughs) That's amazing. It's amazingly high pitched. You sound like Vitas. Do you know who Vitas is? I don't think so. Oh. Uh, I gotta yeah. watch him. That's a, there's a kitty cat over there. Cat! Oh, and that dog wants to chase him. Hey. Oh, this oh, dog is gonna cat. hurt this lady. I hope this doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna like be drugged up, dragged. It's like, gonna. I, gonna be a real cartoon scene. Yeah, <laughs> almost. But, uh. Almost. Look, people, this poor lady. You ever watched Metalocalypse? Uh, a few episodes. A few episodes here and there. I. That one, that one was kind of lost on me. I mean, um, out of bad timing though, I was way involved in uh, in you know running around chasing women. <laughs> I was about to say it's like chasing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you ever heard of a character named uh, Doctor Roxo? Mm, uh, he he goes a little bit like I'm Doctor Roxo. Like, just that shit. Like, I'm betting if, like, out of, like, at least one out of every person who's, uh, like, just one out of the entire people who's watching this at least knows who, who, um... Oh, I'm sure. knows who who Dr. Roxo is. We could phone my little brother, and I'm sure he'd be all over it. There were... Cocaine! He just, like, he's... There was some time that I just checked out. That dog, man. He is, he is going at it. He's like, I want that cat. <laughs> Damn, it's just uh, it's a wrestling match. For those of you that can't see this, there's a wrestling match going on between a dog and the lady that's trying to walk the dog. Yeah, no, she's she's like trying so hard to get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, she's, and she finally did, I think. Unless, unless she runs back. Um, I actually had Strange. a. I actually had uh, one of those, you know, those really dangerous, like leashes that like cut your hands if you, if you touch the leash part. It was like, it was like... What, did you have a the, pet dinosaur? Like, what no, the hell? No, it was like, it, the leash, um, it, it was one of those, like, attractable leashes. So like, with the, oh, yeah, the like, things. just a little paracord. Yeah, like literally, if that rope, thing wrapped around you, you'd rope be dead. burn. Yeah, man, that stuff that thing had to That thing sliced your hands if you touched it. Yeah. But, um, when I was a kid... good for you. Uh, I... The cat ran by my dog, and I made I unlocked the the leash thing so like it would go like a a yard. Mm-hmm. So the dog went like a yard, and one of my friends, um, back in like an old neighborhood, grabbed the grabbed the rope, like the rope, mm. and it sliced her hands. Ow! It was awful. I was like. I was like, oh my god, and I grabbed the leash, and I was like, I had to get out of here. Mm. I was, there was a lot of horrible shit I've <laughs> probably repressed from <laughs> my childhood. Mm. I don't know what it, I don't know all of them. Uh, I do remember hitting a parked car when I was younger. With what? 
a <laughs> with my bike. <laughs> oh, like you didn't really run into it. Like you, this you was like a bike. moment of like, like stress where I was like, well, what's the most brain terrifying? Like, okay, one of the most terrifying moments for me as a kid was when I got run over by a flatbed trailer. Really? Yeah. How about um, you? Um, most terrifying of all the crazy, scary stories. Um, shit, there's a lot of them. Most terrifying. They well, they can't all be the most. I, I know. I mean, like, there's just a lot of them I can't really pinpoint because they're all equally terrible, but they're Hospital. not. Like, but they're not like bad. Near bad. death experience. Um. Hospital. I almost got hit by a truck once. Um, did, you, did you ever get hit by a truck? Once? No, but I. I received like the biggest bruise in my life, uh, which which like turned purple because when I dodged it, the the my leg hit the handlebar like really hard. Mm -hmm. So just like it like the entire entirety like there was like a big circle purple. Damn. (laughs) Circle purple. Purple circle. But you didn't break anything. (laughs) No, I didn't. Like it was like very close. Um, Have you ever broken anything? No, I mean I. Oh wait, I did break my hand. Um, that is a stupid story. <laughs> that <laughs> that um, I was in high school um, and I got so mad at somebody and I wanted to I wanted to hit them so hard. So and but instead, I was in boxing at the time. I I boxed for four years and I instead hit the wall. Let me explain. I did that too. I I hit the I punched the I didn't wall. Break anything, but yeah, but um, I, but my reasoning was like there was a mat on the end of the wall. You ever see like in a gym they had like mats on like one of the beams and, and shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and on one of the side walls, like they're really soft, and that was my was like, I was gonna punch that and it just feel like hitting a bag. No, the ones on the side wall were soft, but the other ones felt as hard as concrete behind the goalposts. Mm. I don't know how, but Kerplunk. I just I hit them and I I was so mad and and I hit it and after a while when I started to, like not getting mad anymore, my friend uh uh one of my friends looked at my hand and like he's like Thomas, it I'm like what? Hey, look. And I look at my hand and it's like bulging red. <laughs> I don't even I don't even feel the pain. Uh I just start giggling like a madman. <laughs> and I this was second period. So and uh it was in gym class <laughs> and I go up to the gym teacher, PE teacher, and I said <laughs> I just raise my hand and it's like bulging like like angrily red. And he's like, What did you do? <laughs> and I like I had to shamefully have my dad be called to the school. Why are you, <laughs> Mr. Finley? You need to come pick up your son. Why? He broke his hand. <laughs> and I had to do that shameful like tell my dad. How did you break your hand? <laughs> punched the wall. I punched the wall and I got a boxer's fracture. Yep. Um. And my mom saw it and then she's and she said in the sweetest yet most. Like embarrassing way, you broke your pinky. <laughs> it's just like made it adorable. It's like my dad was like complaining about it. It's like it's a boxer's fracture. Come on, let him ha- let him be a man at least. <laughs> it was so it was so like I was embarrassed a little bit, but I mean like that's my mom. Um, 
she's a sweet person. Um, you <laughs> felt like you lost your keys. No. Um, but yeah, it was. I just had like a lot of crazy shit happen to me as a kid. Um, way too many to count, but I never remember them when I'm on stage, apparently. Because <laughs> they always. Because yeah. everything escapes me at that point. Uh, what was your kid childhood like? Awesome. <laughs> the it best. Was, it was tons of fun. We uh destroyed stuff and we made stuff and we rode around and told stories. It's pretty much the same thing everybody does. Yeah. Uh we we I grew up here in Mobile. We rode around on uh on our bicycles out in Timberley. Uh out by Cottage Hill Park I think is the name of it a couple places out there went to St. Luke's and Davidson and uh, it was it was pretty normal other than being run over and a few other choice experiences but I spent a lot of time studying martial arts spent a lot of time practicing uh I was always I was pretty big into martial arts. I was I was into a lot of weird martial arts though. I wanted to be different. Uh, <laughs> um, I always liked. Um, I mean, I I did boxing. Like mm -hmm. I said, I did boxing for four years mm -hmm. um, with like a trainer named Mr. Johnny, and he was like the best boxing trainer I could have ever had. Um, and I learned and like yeah, I got fatter, but <laughs> uh, I never forgot like how to like like do the do the motion like like punch cause like my dad has even told me like I I punch really well um he's he's impressed by how how hard I punch because I'm not I'm not like a big strong uh, burly guy but like I am thick mm. thick as fuck uh, but uh yeah but I'm I'm mainly just, but I have a good, I have a good right hand though. Mm. Like, I've, I, I could probably knock someone out if I really, if I really tried. Have but, you ever hit somebody? Uh, I mean, I've been in a fight, like one or two, but eh, I, I didn't, uh, they weren't like impressive. Um, they were just, uh, one of them in high school, I, um, uh, I, I messed up the kid so bad uh he was like um and this is like a situation it was like he punched me once and he was declared the winner even though i punched him like 27 times like i had him in a headlock and i like started like uppercutting him backwards like it was like the worst thing uh even like the principal said like oh he, he messed him up <laughs> it was funny um, to hear him say that, because I had, like, one of the best vice principals <laughs> in and the world. I rode on the back of a chair and had a principal whoop my butt one time. Really? It was not fun. Uh, that was when I was a kid kid. What, were you in a Catholic school? <laughs> no, St. Luke's. St. Luke's Episcopal. I was in, like, kindergarten. I was tiny, tiny kid. And they just, they, 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 they were allowed to whip you? Yeah, I had, I've never experienced Wooden that. Wooden paddle, 
Wham! I never the whole nine yards. I was, I'm just young enough. I was just young enough to escape that that hell, but uh, yeah, as I've never really been spanked. Um, I was I was always like my parents disciplined me in a way where they were just like the intimidation alone was like enough, because I was like a I was like a very like polite. Um, like easy kid to like to like control <laughs> yeah if you put it that way but like and that was just my parents uh parenting style was just to yell uh really loud um mm. and, and that's genetic because i can yell pretty loud too um but uh it, yeah it's and i don't hate him for it it's just like it's, it's it was just freaky that like that's all it took <laughs> um but, uh, I mean, like, my dad's a pretty good yeller. So is my mom. <laughs> Both of them are, like, like, when they get mad, they get, they get loud. Like, they're, like, they're, like, soccer horns with faces. <laughs> Very boisterous. God, I hope they're not watching this. Kind of like that truck. <laughs> they probably are. Oh, Lord. Uh, they probably are. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, but, uh. My dad's probably laughing his ass off, though. Uh, my mom probably is, too. They're both weird. Um, because my mom, uh, like, if she's not angry at somebody, she's, like, the sweetest woman on the on the planet. Like, she she doesn't wish harm on anybody. Is your si- family all from uh, like my the sister, South? Maybe. Are they all from Mobile? Yeah, they're all from Mobile. Oh, so a bunch uh, of Southern ladies. A bunch of Southern actually, Bells. Actually, my dad is... I mean, he's he's from Alabama. He he lived in Demopolis for a long time. Oh, shit. And, really? Yeah. You said the magic word. Do it, Demopolis? So your dad's from Demopolis? Well, I don't... We need my mother second. here so we can play Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon. My family <laughs> lives in Demopolis. Oh, really? My family is from Demopolis. Yeah, my... Well, mom and dad still live there. Yeah. Well, my mom and dad moved back there, but they live there now. My grandfather lived there um, for, like, a long time That's such in his old ev- house. Like, everybody freaking came from Demopolis. Yeah. Everywhere I go, there's somebody from Demopolis. It's weird. It's, it's like the one place everybody got too. out it's of. Like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and they built a city. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's cool though, man. It's, it's such a small world. But such yeah. a small world. So and that's your father is from Demopolis. If my father's from Demopolis, my mother was born in New Jersey. She's far from like southern. Like, I mean. So she wandered into the south and just got trapped. It's like a gotcha. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, bitch. <laughs> um, but um, I think she adapted pretty well. Because she was like four That's when great. she moved, I guess. Uh, oh, so that that gets her right back yeah, into she the gets, Southern Belle thing. She's been here long much. enough. She's been here she's pretty qualified. long. She does have an accent, sort of. Um, well, I've probably got family from that area. Does she, does, do you have family in New Jersey still? Uh, I don't think so. Um, Did she? Because for a while, uh, my grandfather was the uh, person who lived in New Jersey. I don't know where he was originally born, but he... They lived in New Jersey, and my grandmother lived in Mississippi. They lived in New Jersey for a long time, and then they moved down to Alabama for some reason. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's where the accent comes from. You know, like I yeah, I pick up accents I mean, when I travel. I don't travel. really know if they have an accent. Accent, like they just. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to tell because I've never really like seen like a true New Jersey accent. Uh, 
Well, I'm sure it's a little thicker if you're up there. Oh yeah, trust me. Uh, I'm just think. Same I'm with just thinking like, if I ever go up north, I'm just gonna be like the redneck kid. <laughs> because I mean I I have an accent but not much of one. Um I'll say like y'all or how y'all doing? Like like that stuff. But I've met people that have like banjo voices. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I can't like in do the it. backwood. Where's I I can tell you exactly where I lost my accent. Where? Uh I lost mine when I was a kid on the Disney Channel late at night, they would play classic movies. My Fair Lady being one of my favorites. And Rex Harrison played Professor Henry Higgins, who was a linguist and a a dialectician. And I studied the shit out of that stuff. And so his whole thing was to teach Eliza Doolittle to not have this pauper accent, street person accent, but to, to pass her off as a queen or a princess at a ball. And, uh, and so he taught her to speak well and, and present herself well, and she did. He ended up winning the bet. And ever since then, that's how I got into linguistics and, and communication and not having an accent. Yeah, linguistics, if you could talk to... If you can... You can talk to anybody with linguistics, because that's, that's what linguistics does. <laughs> right? <laughs> I just explained linguistics like a like a moron, um, <laughs> like someone who doesn't know what linguistics is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, both of my parents uh, they're different, but they're both similar in a way. Uh, my dad would punch me if he if I said that, because <laughs> hmm. he he won't admit it. Um, but they both have like a similar way of like, they, but they both have fun together. Like they they're both. But uh, but in a, but the majority of them are just like they're way different. Um, my mom is a very spiritual. Uh, she's she's a Baptist woman. Ooh. Um, very very singing spiritual. Singing them songs. Um. And my dad is a more like logical thinker. He's an agnostic. Um. I'm not sure exactly. I mean, he's he's like a, he's he's just not as like faith driven. He's more of like this is how things are. This is like like I need evidence for any possible scenario. And he's he's very logical reasoning thinking thinker, um, which is probably where my like reasoning and like like reasoning came from. Because like I've just been around him for I've lived with him for 23 years. Um, 23 years. Yeah, and I still live with him. <laughs> And like, if you live with someone long enough, like I love my dad more than any, more than any man on this planet. But and but uh, God, if there are not points where I just want to scream in his face, because <laughs> if you live with someone long enough, you'll get mad, and you'll you'll find something that you hate about somebody. See, I think that has to do with territoriality, and Territ- I've been I've been thinking about the you know coming up with good examples for territoriality like one example is the phenomenon of people leaving parking spaces longer if they know someone's waiting for it i was recently somebody challenged me recently and tried to tell me i was wrong about this but they couldn't provide any evidence to the contrary so i went and did did some follow-up 
the there's this it's old it's and it's a really novel study it's really amusing that people become territorial of things that don't really belong to them it's parking spaces in this example if someone is waiting for a parking space then on average it takes the person leaving the parking space longer to leave that parking space huh now the hypothesis is that it's because of this this territorial nature, and there, the study goes on to link other behaviors that are territorial. Um, but my, I then take all that and jump to uh, driving in a car, uh, like road rage. Um, road rage is all about territoriality. Oh yeah, I get terrible road rage. I might, I might need this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there are pieces of the of driving that have been on my mind for a long time because I enjoy driving. It's a very meditative practice. It's It's got a lot of Zen characteristics to it. Um, you can induce yourself into a meditative state very easily. Um, there is this projection that goes on. It's a really interesting uh, metaphor as well as actual vessel for travel in that we are a consciousness residing in this thing that is moving at ridiculous speeds that are unfathomable to the, the mechanisms that we have. Uh, it's just, it's not real in some ways. And so it's a mind fuck to begin with. But then you start layering in the fact that we're all individuals inside these little individual armored capsules that have some claim to the space that they're atop. And because it's like we're moving... we're just a bunch of golems... Yeah, <laughs> but because it's moving, we I have crashed. this this ability to Im impress upon or, or impose our will into the future, which is really a good example of how we're all just talking in a mirror. In that, when you experience road rage, the things that you make up to say about the people who have cut you off or pissed you off have no bearing in reality. They're all the most horrible things you can think of, and so they end up being the most horrible things you can think of about yourself. And so starting from that premise that you have this isolated bubble that you can project outward from all these external stimuli, but you have no real means of a referent other than yourself because there's no one to co-create reality with. like. It's the fucked up version of what would really happen if the secret was true. If you could really manifest everything that you wanted and could intend and all that good stuff, then what you would really be is just an angry person in a car with road rage. Yeah. And that That's makes a, a lot of sense. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. Like in you the just car broke out of theory mode. <laughs> oh yeah, I do this 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 is what I thought about on the way across the Bay Bridge earlier today. Yeah. It's it's amazing how, like, just being alone in a car just makes you think of, like, either the most amazing thing you've ever thought of or the most batshit crazy theories you yeah. could ever think of. Well, there's... there's <laughs> or just noises. <laughs> there's good or singing research Perry's behind firework. that. <laughs> well, one of the reasons that I like riding in a car and, and philosophizing and theorizing is... Specifically because it's good practice for meditation. Because when you're when you're in a car and you experience that, oh, 15 minutes just gone. Like, I don't remember the last, driving the last few minutes specifically. But what's happening there is your brain is going into this theta 
state. Uh, so the brainwaves slow down and you are able to concentrate in a whole different way. And it's when we are removed from our mortal coil that we can really get into that that mm, that higher consciousness where the bigger picture becomes easier to put together. So it because you are more removed from the present moment, you can see a bigger picture and you can go, oh, I can connect these two dots more easily. And so that's that's the 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 big aha moments, these breakthrough moments when you like Salvador Dali, I don't know if you know who Salvador Dali is, the guy who did the melting clocks. Yeah. So Salvador Dali had a technique where to come up with his surrealist paintings, he would sit in a chair and for his afternoon nap and he would hold a spoon over a tin plate and as he would fall asleep, eventually he would relax and drop the spoon and the sound of the spoon on the plate would wake him up and he would then be inspired by whatever visions he was having going into that dream. And so it's because of this removed from the alert problem state of consciousness that we can connect these more disparate dots and come up with things that seem genius because it becomes easier and easier to make these vast inferential leaps across what in real time would be road yeah. rage. And that's that's when you bring that up it makes it makes me think about like a lot of the things that humans can do just dropping a spoon and whatever he envisions he just paints it. That I mean that that just reminds me about a lot of like different things that, because a lot of people don't give humanity enough, enough credit because we can imagine some really deep shit. <laughs> it is uh, the only good thing we're good at. Yeah. Are you familiar with uh, Robert Sapolsky? I've heard that name before. What did he do? Robert Sapolsky is a baboon researcher and uh, or bonobo researcher, primates. Um, and he's also a neuropsychologist at one of them fancy Ivy League schools. But one of his one of his thoughts is that the only thing humans are really good at is abstraction. So we're not good at making tools. We're good at making tools to another level. We're not good at uh, at imagining something. We're not good at identifying ourselves. It's all of these things that nature can do. We can do that to another order of magnitude. So we can teach a chimpanzee to communicate with us. That's one level of self. But a chimpanzee can't imagine and be empathetic what it's like to be you. Yes, a, chimp a chimpanzee can be empathetic towards you. But a chimpanzee can't imagine what it would be like to, for you to empathize with me. That's a level of abstraction that it takes humans to do. Chimpanzees can do it, like, some primates can do it to the second order, but humans can do it to the third and to the fourth order. Like, we can imagine what it would be like to imagine what it would be like to imagine. <laughs> no, other animals can't do that. No, it's, like a, it's like Inception, but yes. with more plot points that you don't understand. And we're in reality. <laughs> right, because it involves quantum mechanics. It's a whole other thing. Quantum it's like, entanglement. It's like Inception... Three, the inceptioning. <laughs> yeah, the inception. It's in a dream, and a dream, and a dream, and a dream. My head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I've never actually seen that movie. 
You pretty much summed it up right there. <laughs> that's Wait, that's what, that's what every, like, like, you ever done the trick with Siri where, um, they, what kind of phone do you have? iPhone. Uh, if I, you ever done the trick with Siri, it's like, tell me the plot of Inception? No. She'll uh, tell you the same thing. Like, it's it's a movie about a dream and a dream and a dream and a dream. I, I fell asleep. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, what, kitty? Meow. Little cat. Cute little kitty cat. He was watching me a minute ago. I like I like cats. A little, I have two at home. Oh really? Yeah, I have two. Uh, they are both irritating in their own way. Um, <laughs> they're they're adorable. I mean, I love cats, and any cat owner could t- like could tell you like cats can be a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, like there's t- I have two. Uh, one is I used to have six. <laughs> what crazy to, cat dude? Uh, that, that was nothing. There was, like, a man that lived down the street from me in my old neighborhood. He was, uh, me and my dad nicknamed him the Cat Man. Because he had, like... How many? He had an armada of cats. Like, it's just Wait, this, wait, wait. This What's large, an armada? I don't remember the numbers. I, I don't know what it is either, but it was a shitload of cats. This, there's, like, a entire... There's, like, six litters of cats. Like, double digits? I'm just guessing off the top of my head that this guy had, like, a, a damn near... God amount of cats. Like he was. You like, haven't thrown a number out yet. Like he. Give me a number. I Thomas. don't know. I never counted. <laughs> I never. I never give counted a, the cats. Give me a ballpark number. <laughs> One, two, a thousand. <laughs> but like two handfuls. I would say a like dozen. I would say like thirty. Oh. Thirty shit. maybe above. That's um, a lot. It's a shitload of cats. That's um, a lot. And he had like a jungle like house. <laughs> like he had like big trees. Uh, he had like a lot. He. He had like he had a nice lawn though, um, yeah, but uh, cats were eating the grass. <laughs> what the like little little lawn mowers? <laughs> if it's the right grass, sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but he had a bunch of cats. But now I'm down to two, um, uh, and uh, one of his name one of them is named Kramer, mm-hmm. from George and Kramer, uh, from Seinfeld, mm. which is what my dad named that cat. Uh, because we had a cat named George, and he died somehow. Uh, he was a boy cat. He was, he was meant to die. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Like, like, I've always been around girl cats mainly. I don't, I don't see many boy cats. All right, and when I do, I don't see them for very long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, I think they're just more prone to fight, maybe. I'm not sure. But, uh, that was my theory. But, uh. Uh, and she's she's like a she's a tuxedo cat. She mm-hmm. has like a little she has like mm-hmm. she has like little socks, like look, uh, not actual socks. That would be right. Uh, Fur pattern. Uh, make make the cat a human. <laughs> uh, put shoes on it next. Um, but she's even got like a little marshmallow chin, like the most dor- it's like adorable fluffy cat. Cute. Uh, she has the. Same demeanor as a serial killer, because <laughs> she'll she'll be like the most timid thing and like person, mm-hmm. just like oh, I'm scared to be pet or touched or whatever, and like she's like OCD half the time, but she'll like in private she'll kill like a bunch of animals, like <laughs> she'll kill lizards. We found four lizard bodies under a chair once. When, move, when trying to move the Christmas tree there. And it's like, let's put this somewhere else. <laughs> um, Active hunter. Well, we had to clean up that spot anyway. But, um, 
and she like and I've I've said this in my set before. Um, she's she like one time I was somewhere I can't remember. I think it was at mom my mom's, and my dad shared showed me a picture. I'm like, what is this? And there was this like feathers everywhere, like in between my the workout room and the living room, and there was just bird parts everywhere. There's feathers, like like wings. Uh, I think a body at some point, and the head was like in the living room with its eyes shut. <laughs> I didn't know birds <laughs> could shut their eyes like that. Yeah. Like it, it looked like the bird had accepted its fate and was being ripped apart as it was shutting its eyes. Like it was so oh. terrifying. Um, I was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> I was freaked out. And then there was this one other time where I saw it a squirrel like like the the sensor light came on and there was a squirrel like 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 spread eagle on the pavement <laughs> dead like just like it was like it was sunbathing hmm. like uh but it was it was just a dead little squirrel I'm like oh shit um and turned off and then I turned back around I turn around light goes off uh, turn back around, light goes back on, body's gone. Next day, there was... <laughs> next day, the the severed head of that same squirrel was in my kitchen. <laughs> yeah. That's it's like a Hannibal Lecter cat. Um, Silence of the Lambs, motherfucker. Um, Silence of the Meows. <laughs> Silence of the Meows. <laughs> um, <laughs> just that... Yeah. Just that scene. Um... But uh, then, uh, then there's buttons. She she's basically the baby, um, my baby, uh, and I feel like I should be like a little Jewish woman saying that. <laughs> it's my baby. It's my baby. <laughs> oh, Charles, look at him. He's it's my baby. I put a sweater on it. Like, um, oh, you didn't really put a sweater on the cat. God did you? no, I would. I would hate myself forever. Um, we do sometimes put cups on their heads, <laughs> and they shake it's it a off. Cute hat, but uh, makes a cute little kitty hat, and then she shakes it off and scratches me. Wham! <laughs> um, but she's she's the basically a runt. Um, she was a runt, uh, and we took and I took we took her in. I was eleven when I got her. Or, or nine, I can't remember, but it was a long time ago. Um, and I got her in, like, this little bow. Like, like she had, like, a little pink bow around her neck and just, like, most adorable cat, little kitten. And uh, now she's, like, a little bitch. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I still hold her. And she, she'll, like, she'll wait for me. Like, it's so, it's so freaky. Um... Cause like you know how cats are like like very stoic like me like I don't want to talk to you because I'm a cat or whatever <laughs> whatever goes on in their little minds sadistic little minds but uh she'll have she'll like every time I pull up like when I come home she'll be right there like looking out for me, looking for me I'm like hello buttons she'll meow and just like I'll hold her like a baby and then I'll take her in the house um, there have been times where I walk out in the street. And she's just 
waiting for me. She walks right up to me. I'm talking to the neighbors. She's like right behind me. <laughs> the neighbors are like, oh, she's waiting for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's the stupidest thing, but it's adorable. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Cats are cool. I got a she, cat too. She's adorable. What's her name? Zora. Zora. Yep. You, you just want uh, you just want like full like myth- mythological name. Like, nah, she that's Zora. The name. That's the name she came with. So, <laughs> so we, we we kept it. All right. Do you want to plug anything before we get out of here? Um. Yes. Um. I I have a channel on YouTube called Otter Gamer. Um. It's um. O t t e r. Yeah. Um. It's a play on words. I know I'm gonna get a lot of. I'm gonna get a lot of uh, weird comments uh, <laughs> from just that name alone. Uh, my dad has told me, but um, yeah, I play video games. Um, not there's not many there's not much stuff on there, and uh, it's like mediocre comedy and whatever, just me talking and stuff like that. But uh, hopefully, I'll get better set up eventually. But right now, I'm just stuck with what I have. And what's my, it called again? Uh, Otter Gamer. Um, Otter Gamer. It's just like a. It has like a. My name has. It has like a little picture of like a little otter on it, like a little otter version of me because I asked my friend to draw it, <laughs> and it's like a, it's got like a blue background. Uh, so yeah, you can find that on on YouTube, and uh, that's about it. Uh, I got I got no other advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no worries. Because I don't advertise myself for the shit. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. <laughs> Look, there goes Marshall. Yeah. Hey, Marshall. His bag. We were talking about you. And his mysterious bag. Dude. that I wonder where he gets it from. Well, this has been fun, man. Thank uh, you for joining thank me, you Thomas. Much. That was, it's it's been great a to know more about you. Well, likewise. So give Cameron a little peace. See y'all later. Yeah. Bye. Later. I'll be to Zane. Bye, Facebook. Bye, YouTube. And to all those of you in podcast land. Until next time. Truth, love, and peace.